Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manesh. This is the weekend edition, and we have a very special episode. We're here in front of a live studio audience. We're here at the Auto Real Estate Investors Organization, and on this episode, we're talking about value engineering. So what is value engineering? This, in my mind, is the process of cutting cost out of a project without cutting quality. I'm gonna give you several examples here, give you an idea of things that you can employ in your projects, whether you're doing ground up construction, whether you're doing renovations, there are lots of things that you can do to cut cost without cutting quality. The first example I'm gonna give you here is from a project that we built in Philadelphia. You'll see the architect's rendering on the left-hand side, and he's got these beautiful hyperbolic arch windows that are, I mean, lovely to look at. But as you know, as you note, we have a brick facade, which means that on top of the window, you have to have a steel angle iron that is supporting the brick. The brick will just fall down if there isn't something supporting it. So you need to design and custom manufacture this arch out of steel. And that's a very expensive piece to manufacture. Not only that, you have to cut every single brick at an angle so the cost to install the brick above that arch is also extremely expensive. It was one of these ideas that seemed really good at the time, but when it came to actually costing it out, it was cost prohibitive. You see the picture on the right-hand side. We went with regular rectangular windows, and frankly, yes, we lost a little bit of curb appeal, but in terms of the functionality of the end product, that was the right decision. This is one of these things that you can do when it comes to value engineering and something we often do when we look at the design. Architects, I love them. My mother was an architect. They sometimes do things that are a little bit impractical. The second example, I'm showing the interior of an apartment that we had built last year. And you can see we've literally got floor to ceiling windows. Now, one of the problems with floor to ceiling windows is you have to pay attention to where the outlets go because for every 12 linear feet of wall, you've got to have an outlet. What this force, you'll see on the, on the image here, there are little yellow circles so you can actually see where the outlets are. We had to put in more outlets because the windows went to the floor. And in some cases, we would have to actually put an outlet in the floor. That adds a significant amount of cost, not just because the windows are expensive, but also has this unintended consequence of putting more outlets in the room than you would otherwise naturally need simply because of how the math works out. Sometimes you're better off having a window that would just have a little knee wall underneath it and maybe be a foot off the floor, maybe 30, 40 centimeters off the floor, and now you've got space with which to put the outlet and you're not putting in more outlets than you need. Not only that, of course, you're gonna save on the windows. You get savings in two different dimensions. So these are some of the kinds of things that you can look at when you start to see opportunities for value engineering. Next, I'm showing a site plan of a development that we're doing. This is an assisted living project. It's a total of eight buildings, nine buildings on this particular site. And you'll notice that the buildings, the backs of the buildings are pretty close together. That has two problems with that. Number one, it means that there isn't space between the buildings to route the utilities like water and sewer between the buildings. That would be the most efficient way to do it. So we have to go all the way around 
and we have sewer pipes and water pipes circling around the perimeter of the property that adds a significant amount of cost. The second thing that it does is because of the spacing in between the buildings, we now need fire rated windows and we need fire rated insulation on that back wall. By splitting the buildings apart by only a few feet, we were able to eliminate the fire rated windows, which basically cuts the cost of those windows in half, as well as getting rid of a lot of those fire rated materials. So again, simple things that can have unintended consequences if you don't pay attention. Another thing that we notice, you'll see here, we've got a couple of stormwater detention ponds. The detention ponds need a fence. I wish they didn't, they're not very deep, nobody's gonna drown in them, they're just not deep enough for anyone to drown in them, but the code says they've gotta have a fence. So the architect designed something that looks beautiful, a nice, beautiful wrought iron fence with brick monuments between the different sections of fence. Well, those brick monuments are extremely expensive. The last round of value engineering, we replaced those with a, just a regular steel post, but we kept the monuments at the sign at the entrance, so it's framing the sign, but it's not framing every single section of fence. Another one that, again, I see this over and over and over again. This particular drawing is a bedroom in one of the assisted living homes, and we felt that pocket doors would make for better utilization of the space. Every time you have a swinging door, you're occupying about nine square feet of floor space because if the door is three feet wide, it's got to go through an arc that occupies about nine square feet that you can't use for anything else. Pocket doors can save you a fair amount of space, but they come at a cost. And in particular, we found that we could save a lot of money. We did not need to have pocket doors, for example, on closets. Closets could use a bifold door. They're only about 80 bucks. You could go with sliding doors, only access half of the closet at a time. We decided to go with bifold doors instead. We ended up eliminating about 160 doors that were very expensive out of the project. Again, the savings are quite significant. So this is part of the process that you want to go through whenever you are designing something new, whether it's a renovation, whether it is new construction. Pay very close attention to the kinds of material substitutions that can save you a ton of money without necessarily costing you a lot in terms of functionality. One of the most expensive things you can do when you're designing a heating system is have to put in ducting. Now, what I'm showing you here is a system called a mini split. A mini split separates the air conditioner and the evaporator, the condenser and the evaporator into two separate halves. And these are the European style wall mounted units. You see them in Europe, you see them all over Asia. They're not very common in North America. They are a little bit more expensive than your traditional furnace, your traditional air conditioner. You can provide both heating as well as air conditioning, but the beauty is you don't have to put in ducting. In this particular example, I'm showing you a basement unit and where vertical clearance is important, you don't want to have to have a bulkhead that is gonna reduce your ceiling height. So you can save an awful lot of money by getting rid of all the ducting, getting rid of in all the additional framing that you often have to deal with when you're dealing with ducting. So the net savings come from getting rid of all that extra framing, even though the units themselves are a little bit more expensive. It involves looking at the big picture, not just looking at individual line items to see what's gonna be the cheapest. So this, these are the kinds of things that we look at whenever we're value engineering a project. Not every property is gonna be suitable for a ductless type system. You know, for example, if you're building a 4,000 square foot house, there's no way you're gonna do that with a ductless system. But if you're doing two bedroom apartments, 
that are maybe 1,000, 1,200 square feet and you only have three or four spaces that you need to heat or cool might be a viable option. The beauty of these systems is that you can get individual temperature control in each room as opposed to having a single temperature, a single zone for the entire apartment or the entire home. So it can also save you money in terms of your overall energy consumption. So these are again the types of things that we look at when we do value engineering. So hopefully this has been helpful for you. For the listeners at home, thank you for listening to the Real Estate Espresso podcast. If you are loving what you're hearing, definitely go out, tell two friends today, help them figure out how to download the podcast. It is super simple to do. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.